Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. What you're about to experience is a free, worldwide interactive broadcast from Ontario, Canada. We broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Get your questions in. Join the community chat room at www.category5.tv or email us at live at category5.tv. And now, let's begin. Here's your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to episode number 251 of Category 5 Technology TV on the 10th of July, 2012. Wow. Hey, buddy. You really keep the track, eh? Well, it's Krista's <laughs> birthday. It's Krista's birthday today. Hey, Krista. So it's, it's easy to run. You can't say that. No. We can't afford the royalties, man. Oh, somebody does own the royalties to that. Oh, they sure do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Happy birthday, Krista. Happy birthday. Stop it. You're going to get me in trouble now. No, I haven't done more than 12 notes in a row. Well, I don't know. What is that what it is? Is that I the cutoff? No, no, no. I think that's... Uh, For the record, his name is Eric Kidd. He can be emailed at eric at category5.tv. His phone number. <laughs> Easy now. Speaking of phone, Speaking of phone, should I turn this off this week? <laughs> what? Oh, your BlackBerry? Yeah. Yeah, you should probably turn that off because it's going gonna, it's gonna to just... Well, stop I'm going to turn anyway. the sound off. I can still, uh, you know... I think all of them are all going to simultaneously turn off pretty soon. You're talking Monday, huh? I don't know. We oh, don't... I don't know. BlackBerry is going to dust itself off. Do you think they are? Yeah, they're going to no. be. Listen, they invented smartphone technology. Their security is still way better than all these guys who are building stuff in some other countries. But the same smartphone technology that they invented is still the same technology. There we go. Now we got it. It hasn't, it hasn't progressed like the rest of them as far as... Uh, but it's, it's still more secure. It's still more secure, and there's still better email and stuff. There certainly are some multimedia things that uh, the kids lacking. love on their yeah. on their toys. I mean, their, their iPhones. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Great to see everybody in the chat room. Yes, Jot is offering to buy everyone pizza. That's very, very nice. I thought Thanks that was that. you. You told no, me there was I told beer you, and pizza I can't at the end it. of this. No, no, no pizza, no singing. No singing. Just not tonight. No. Wow. That's Unless it. you got like an original. I have lots of those. It's like when the new kids did the, the original happy birthday song, and it's like <laughs> they thought that was so cool at the time. <laughs> Maybe I should write a song for Krista. A happy birthday song. For Krista. But you can't call it happy birthday. I can, it's got to be like. How many songs have the same title? Come on, there's lots of songs with I the same know. title. I don't know. Sure there are. Okay. Hey. I mean, what are, well, what's going on tonight? Did you want to argue, or did you want to do a show? I like to. I like to get on with the show. You know. <sighs> well, you know what? Category Five is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here, indeed, and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Is there more you'd like me to tell you? Well, you we, we could tonight. Tonight on the show, right here. Well, you've got you, you're in charge of the newsroom, and I'm going to be telling you all about the news. But are we going to get to play with my cell phone, my BlackBerry? We my will smartphone? a little bit later. Okay, what, yeah, what sure. are we going to be talking? About? I don't know. Well, there is a, a new retro style handset for your smartphone. Well, maybe for my smartphone because they come uh-huh. in nice colors, some of them. Cool. So, would you like to know what's coming up in the newsroom, Robbie? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, here's sure. what's happening in the newsroom. Microsoft has confirmed that Windows. OS will be released in October. Kickstarter is coming to the UK. A new prototype headlight beams around rain and snow. 
Okay. Real-life robot avatars controlled by human thought. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Neat. Wow. Cool. Yeah, uh, loads of viewer questions. Uh, of course, if you would like to send us a viewer question, all you have to do is go to cat5.tv slash ask. You can fill in the form there. That's going to send an email over to uh, to Eric here, and he's got all those all queued up for you. And uh, tonight, like Eric was saying, we've got this retro handset for your smartphone. We're going to be taking you way back in time with your modern smartphone, so stick around. We're going to be looking at that. Uh, also, want to bring your attention to our mobile site. Cat, or m.cat5.tv m.cat5.tv or you can scan that, that uh, QR code there with your mobile device and that's going to launch our mobile website which is constantly being enhanced and with the launch of our new website a couple weeks ago we also made some enhancements on the, uh, on the mobile site as well so very cool give that a go new add it to your enhanced. home screen add it to your home screen very cool stuff we're cat 10 now actually we're cat 10 now. We've been enhanced. Oh, it's <laughs> 5.01. Beta 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, we did receive your postcards this week. Love receiving your postcards, and we are taking qualifiers right now for a Magic Jack. And Ooh. you've got to send in your postcard or give us a phone call telling us why you like your Magic Jack or why you'd like to have a Magic Jack Plus. With the postcards, of course, we don't want you writing all over about Magic Jack. We, we just want a postcard, and we're going to automatically put you in the draw. So we've got a couple of postcards here. Eric, I'm going to kind of hand them over to you so that you can, you can read so them. So I can decipher people's handwriting. Yeah. Yes. Check it out. So here we go. We're starting off with one from uh, Invincible Mutant in Italy. Wow. Oh, yeah. I'll let you... Uh Read that off for me. I uh, left the reading glasses. Oh. These are just the distance ones. All right. Hi, Robbie and friends. Hey, Clearly, buddy. Okay, yeah, I'll be your friend. What the heck? Okay. Does, does Eric count? Thanks for all the great shows. Bravo. This postcard is sent from Italy. I just attended a conference here and managed to visit Venice. Wow. Nice. A lovely Lagoon City. Put, uh, but the weather is too hot. Um, 37 degrees Celsius and very humid. <laughs> this postcard shows part of the city bird view. Thanks, Invincible Mutant, Venice, Italy. Cool. Let's see How that again. Cool is that? Actually, I like the stamps on there. Are pretty cool yeah. too. You yeah. know, shows. Uh, this is why we love to receive them stamped. If you're if you're able, I know sometimes we get them in envelopes and stuff, but there's something about receiving the stamp that makes it extra cool. I've got another one here as well. Two penguins side by side. I would expect that is, you know, that takes me straight to Linux. Makes me think about Linux with all the penguins. This one comes to us from John. Sorry. (laughs) John Zimmerman. You got to remember, most of the viewers are probably running Linux. So, you know, if if you want to stay on their good side. You know, I mean, you got to be and, careful. And, and, and Rachel just about got me in trouble introducing me to the word nerdling, which I really liked. You really liked that word? <laughs> I like that word. I've used that <laughs> several times. Eric, this comes to us from John Zimmerman in uh, in uh, Winder, is it? Or Winder? I'll let no, you let's figure that out. see where that is, but right. I'm just wondering if he's uh, related to <laughs> hey, John. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Ah. Robert Allen Zimmerman. And Crestview, I'd say that's... Winder, Georgia. Cool. Georgia. That's pretty cool. Hi, guys. Hope all is well up in Canada. It is. Thank you so much for asking. I live down in Winder, or Winder, 
Yeah, there you are. Georgia, USA. I love your show, and I run Linux Ubuntu 12.04. And Open Media Vault on home home server. server. Ah. Take care, John. Hey. John, you take care. Thanks, John. All right. We appreciate your postcard. And I've got one more postcard, as promised. Oh, look at this. Villa Panta Piedra. Playa Marea del Portillo. Punta. Punto? Punta. Oh, Punta. That's an A there. That's a U there. Piedra? And it's Via. 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 Punta Piedra. Playa Maria del Portillo, Cuba. Tio. Portillo. Oh. I think. What, I would I, what would I do without your help? I have no idea, but. Whatever I just butchered. por favor. Whatever I just butchered. I apologize. Comes to us from uh, our very own, uh, from uh, Hillary, actually. Oh. Visited Cuba and brought this back with her. Hola, amigos. Hola. Or did you want to pronounce the H? <laughs> Hola. Sure. Hola. 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 Reading from Cuba. <laughs> I am having an awesome time in the sun. That's for sure. I saw on TV a Cuban news thing with a superimposed Spanish singer in the corner interpreting for the deaf viewers. Wow. That technology made me think of the show and all the viewers. It was fabulous. Anywho, see you all soon. That's Heart pretty cool. Hillary. That's pretty cool. I, I think about the, the way the technology can be used to, like, because she does signing, right, yeah. for, for deaf people and well, so that i know how to say hi i can't say a thing she's fantastic at it but i think yeah that's yeah that's I, cool. i've had a couple talks with her about you know what 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 could we do for our deaf viewers as well the the beard doesn't help the beard does not help no i think it would be the mustache would be the problem but yeah and the lips are the, kind the of mustache the mustache the beard and the mum, okay and the mum. so here's a little smite to the folks who aren't <laughs> hearing very well no sorry that was oh, bad that was terrible mean. Guy. evil wicked and mean we love you we appreciate you watching the show thank you everybody for your postcards thank you very very much i'm going to add those to the pile which are going to be drawn from next week to win a magic jack magic. and Tonight, as part of our uh, as part of our review of the handset device uh, for your smartphone, we're going to be talking about a Magic Jack app that is going to allow you to call anywhere in Canada or the U.S. for free using your Magic Jack account from your smartphone, not eating up any of your minutes with wow. your phone call plan. Sounds pretty exceptional. You know what that is. Exceptional. Exceptional. Is that what you were going to say? That's what I was going to say. Well, we've got to take a real quick break, Eric, and we are going to be right back. (laughs) And we've got your viewer questions after the break. All right. Stick around. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com this is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And, and I'm your co-host, Eric Kidd. Yep, or co-host. friends, or sometimes I'm Hillary, sometimes I'm Krista. You never know. I'm 
Let's see what this email has to say. Oh, you got our viewer questions up for us? <laughs> Shall we do some questions? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go for it. This one's from Michael, Iowa. Hey, Michael. Um, running Ubuntu 10.04 LTS. Hi, Robbie and... I'm co-host tonight. Co-host, <laughs> I have a computer that I'm running Ubuntu 10.04 LTS. I have been trying to mount my Drobo FS on my home network. Thanks for all your help. Oh. Drobo FS is a Not Samba. just O, but Drobo. Hmm. It shares as a network-attached storage over the network through the Samba protocol, which is like a Windows share. So oh. now I don't have one to test with. I could walk you through a little bit of how that would be done. Forget the postcards. Send us a... Yeah, just send us Drobo. a Drobo FS and we'll show you. Yeah. All right. Go to places and then connect to server. In the drop-down, change that to Windows Share. Under Server, enter your IP address of the Drobo, whatever that may happen to be. Uh, and then uh, under Share Name, that would be the name of the actual share that you have. So I'm going to... So it could be dollar sign category five stuff or something. Or do you need the dollar sign? The dollar sign means it? that it's hidden, hidden. from the yeah, network. Do you need yeah, to, You don't really need to do that if it's your own. Most likely it's, it's a network attached storage. It's probably going to be... <clears throat> readable. Okay. It's not going to be hidden unless okay. you created a hidden share. But yeah, I mean, if it is a hidden share, you know, like whatever, but then you've got to authenticate with a username and that is available. An available More cumbersome, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, but let's, for, for my sake here, let's try this. I'm going to add a bookmark. I'm going to call the bookmark Cat5, and I'm mounting the Category 5 share on my, we'll say this is my Drobo, it's actually my Unraid box, but both technologies use the Windows SMB sharing protocol. So I'm going to connect, and there we go. So now on my left-hand side here, I've got Cat5, and any time I click on that, it takes me into my folder where I store all my Category 5 stuff. So on my network, on my uh, Unraid server, in your case on your, uh, your Drobo, all of that stuff is now available to you because you've added it as a mounted server. So, so it's just that easy. Just that easy. Yeah. Nice. That's how you can set it up um, to uh, basically remember the connection so that you can just click on it after a reboot and stuff like that. That's the easy, easy, breezy way. Now, of course, you could use FSTab. You know, that's another way you could do it. And then you could create a mount point, And then you don't have to run the risk of accidentally ejecting that mount point for example. Not like that's going to happen, but that points you on the right track anyways. But FSTab is another way. Mounting a Samba share using FSTab would be a good Google search if you want to do it in a, a fully permanent way that you can't accidentally unmount. Very but cool. that's easy breezy, I think. So, good luck. All right. Here's another one from from Dan. Hi, I have a system. No mention of the co-host? Okay. Hi, I have a system. <laughs> Ubuntu. Did I get that right? Yeah, Ubuntu, yeah. 11.04, 64-bit, 1 gig RAM that becomes very sluggish when I run a program that uses 400 to 475 megs of RAM. Okay. According to Top, when the program is running, all processes are using around 60%, while the RAM bytes say I only have about 36 megabytes free. What is consuming the other 35% of memory if it isn't a process? 
Mm. Update manager has asked me to update the Firefox language pack, but the problem is I don't have Firefox installed, nor was it ever. Does this indicate a DNS spoofing attack with an evil upgrade update? Cheers, Dan. I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. I mean, unless you have some other kind of symptoms that are causing problems. But, I mean, that that can happen. You've got package dependencies and things like that. Back to your first question about memory. I think it's not, you know, unheard of that you're you're using a, a rather modern operating system with Lubuntu, and, and it is fairly lightweight, the, the L being the, I guess that's LXDE, I believe. So... Um, but there is a certain amount of overhead in any operating system. Basically, the operating system has to be running on that computer. So with only a gig of RAM and you're using a, an application that's going to use a minimum of half of that, there are uh, there's constant information flow uh, between applications, between the operating system and the applications, and I, I don't think it would take long to realistically fill up a gig of RAM. That's As far as I'm concerned, that's below minimum for pretty much any modern yeah. operating system. So you, you'd probably want to, I would say like a bare, absolute bare minimum of two gigs of RAM, but I wouldn't even bother to start with anything less than four gigs. With the fact that you're running one, you're going to expect to have that kind of performance, that kind of behavior from your memory. It's not that there's any one task that's using up all that RAM. It's that it's not a lot of RAM. You've got a certain level of overhead with applications that are running. Uh, I'm not sure if you're running top as the super user and you're looking at all users' tasks or if you're just running it uh, as your user, in, in which case you're not seeing all of the system stuff as well. Um, so I would recommend in that case that you upgrade your RAM, plain and simple. It just doesn't sound like enough. Yeah, I remember back when I had four mega RAM. That was four meg. Four meg. And that was that and was I huge, doubled it. man. And then I quadrupled. I had sixteen meg RAM on my four eighty six, and that was just. Yeah. And then I upgraded the hard drive to three hundred and sixty meg. Like it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the days. Yeah. When w- my first one gig hard drive was atrociously expensive. Oh, yeah. Just unbelievable. I was even looking at my flash drive. I still have my first flash drive around here somewhere. I was looking at it the other day and thinking about how it's 128 megabytes, and I paid over $100 for it. It was almost dollar for dollar for how many megabytes you got at that time when they first came out. So if you wanted a a 256 meg card, you're looking at like 200 bucks. Actually, the folks at Symantec gave me one like about 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was like, I think it was... I'm thinking 256k. No, that couldn't be. It was small, but yeah. I still have it somewhere. Yeah, can't really do anything. <laughs> Don't have much it. on it, but yeah. I still have it. Yeah. These days, I, I mean, I'm I've got them in the shop, and they're like six dollars for an eight gig. Yeah. Card. My buddy Ian just got a 32 gig for like 20 bucks somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. So, yes. Awesome though. So now, what about the update manager? Well, I, I don't. I don't think it's Firefox. I just think it's. Yeah, I, I don't know about what packages you have installed or anything like that. There, there'd be some tracing involved in figuring out what is depending on okay. those packages. That's possible. You're using, you know, Firefox is a, a Mozilla product. It could be that you're using Thunderbird and it's sharing the language pack. I don't know. You'd have to look at uh, maybe their community and and talk to them about that. 
And, and I hate to, I, I really don't like to answer questions with, oh, just upgrade your computer. But because <laughs> that, you know, I'm just, it's not a cop out. That's realistically, I think, what you need to do when you're running a program that's easily pushing 60, 70% of your overall yeah. total resources for one program. You know that you're, you're pushing the limits of that system. It's like if you want to use Photoshop, CS, whatever. <clears throat> You need a little more horsepower. You absolutely you do. You need it back yeah. when you were using Photoshop Seven or something. Well, if I'm working on an image in the GIMP and it's a, you know, it's a four gig uncompressed image. Yeah. And that's going to be using easily four or six gigs of RAM, plus my undos. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no. Let me digress just a little bit. Um, I was wondering about solid state hard drives. That's just about as fast as RAM, is it not? Um, I don't. I'm. I'm not sure the actual spec is, is. it as fast as RAM? I'm not sure that it's that fast. I mean, there's no seek still, time on the, the drive. Yeah, yeah, no, the drives are fast, and, but you're and still I mean, limited even to your if bus. You throw your virtual. You're still limited to your SATA bus, though. Okay. Right. So uh, if yeah, you plug it into SATA two, just for the, that's kind of the general term that it's been yeah. given, you're looking at three gigabits a second, as far as your bus transfer, okay. versus your your actual ram chip which would be quite a bit faster than that i think so but now with sata 3 as it's nicknamed you're looking at six gigabits a second so i would think that you get some pretty awesome yeah seek times for sure well maybe we'll go and try that <laughs> okay we have another question oh All right. i've got a question from jim not on chat okay, room yet here ah Question. Need help adding virtual users in VSFTPD. Got VSFTPD installed on Ubuntu 11.10 desktop. VSP. You know, you're going to make me say that a lot of times, aren't you? <laughs> VSFTPD is working, and I can connect to it by using the Ubuntu <coughs> computer's main owner account and P password, but can't set up virtual users. Aha. Uh-huh. Need to add two virtual user accounts and restrict them to a specific directory slash folder. Very new to Linux. I'll gladly donate if you can figure this out. Hello, hell. Well, then, community, let's no, all come no, together. No, is that laughing out loud or lots of love? <laughs> oh. Well, we'll <laughs> see if you solve the problem or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> come on, community. Let's get together on this so that, uh, so that we can get some funds going, you know. Wink, wink. No, I'm kidding. Okay. We don't do it for that. But, I mean, we appreciate every donation that comes in big time, and it helps us uh, to, to progress with the show. We do have some expenses. Eric and I are getting excited to, to be doing a remote uh, on-location video shoot, and uh, there are expenses that are There are expenses. And I'm going mean, to have to you know, get my fishing license. That's just I'm going to need... Yeah. Oh. We, we need to buy beer. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Ice. There are electronic needs oh, okay. as well. Yes. Yeah, actually, there is the whole business of getting this show out onto the <laughs> Getting it out web. onto the internet. Yep. Sponsored and once again this year by we Silver will Beach. We'll be parking an antenna somewhere up at Maple. And <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so to your question, VSFTPD. Yeah, I know Eric wanted to say. I again, wanted to I say it at least one more time. Yeah, um, I think because you're you're saying that you're fairly new to Linux, I think that the best thing for you to do would be just to create a Linux user that is a member of that group, and that's just going to be so much easier than trying to create virtual users. As a novice rookie Linux user, 
I wouldn't overcomplicate things. I, uh, the reason that your you know your main system login is working is because it's a Linux user who has access to that group. So why don't you just create another Linux user and uh, and then give them access to the uh, VSFTP group? Let's see what I can bring up for you because there there's some reading involved when you get into setting up a server. Of course, it's not something that. Uh, that we can just magically give you all the answers to. You're magic, Robbie. Come on. Let's see. I've got cat5.tv slash vsftpd. It's going to take you to a forum or a thread here on uh, linuxhomenetworking.com, which I thought might be good for you there, Jim. Because it's got a lot of. You may not like this, but it'll be good for you. Yeah, That's, well, I think I think you will like it. You were using? It explains <laughs> some of the. You know, you can skip over some of the basic stuff if you want. It it gets into what FTP is and how VSFTPD works and blah blah blah. And then, it, but then it does get into some user related stuff. Differences between Debian and Ubuntu when it comes to VSFTPD, how to create users, how to create virtual users. But I'm I'm still kind of of the conviction that. It might be easiest just create a, a Linux user, just as you normally would, and and then use them to log in. They're going to be locked. You may lock them into their home folder. So if I create a user on my computer for Eric, and it's got the FTP daemon running, now all of a sudden Eric can remote uh, FTP into his home folder. So slash home slash Eric. And that works fairly well for yeah. for a novice Linux user just wanting to get a basic FTP server up and going, and then you know grow from there. Learn learn to set up uh, an anonymous login with restrictions on the on the folder. Learn to uh, then start working on virtual users. But I would start with actual real Linux users. It's going to keep things a lot easier for you. So just off the get go, I think. All right. All right. More questions. Yeah, I'll just remind you, too, oh. cap5.tv slash vsftpd. Okay, I created a short link there for you to take you right to that thread. All right, thanks for the question. That's you had more, sorry. I think it's pronounced demon, actually, not daemon. Demon? Yeah. The demon. Yes, kind of. Yes, exactly, we'll just like that. So, we'll just, a ask, we'll just have to ask Matt. Revdyunk. All right. How do, how, I'm not sure, but it's, I, <laughs> I, I'm thinking the... Yes. I am attempting to connect my Linux Mint 13 32-bit Dell XPS 1330 to a TV through HDMI. Everything works but audio. My daughter was doing that last night, trying to... Everything trying to worked except the audio. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I've got another set of speakers. Just <clears throat> oh, yes. Take the lazy way out. Yeah, yes. it was... Sorry. Um, I... Um, I have chosen HDMI audio in the sound preference. Otherwise, sound comes only through the laptop speakers. This sounds like my daughter wrote this. Well, <laughs> the no. same problem exactly. Yeah, yeah. except uh, I cannot find any answer online in Mint forums or the Google. Any ideas? Oh, I just read the manual. Um, <laughs> they are saying one needs a separate 2.5 to 2x RCA cable to get mm -hmm. audio. Hmm. Could this mean That's HDMI like doesn't produce audio? And why not? Yeah, I, I had an extra set of computer speakers in yeah. the garage that Just I plug sort of I plug my. Uh, no, forget about I the seven point one. I plug my BlackBerry dear. into it so I can listen to tunes when I'm working sure. on Sure. Oh, guitars. that's a good idea. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so that was the low tech answer. Okay. I I would expect. I mean, yeah. 
sure, you could use separate audio output, but that's not supposed to be necessary anymore with HDMI, right? Um, I can walk you through what I would think should do it, just in case there's perhaps a step that has been maybe omitted. I'm not sure. Let's take a look. So here well, one step is that if you don't have the speakers in the garage to go and sorry, yeah. carry on. Well, you can do the separate audio device, but you don't yeah. want to have to do that. HDMI carries I, video and audio signals, so should be good, right? So looking at my system here, bringing up my sound preferences, first thing I would do is go to my output, and I would change it to HDMI output, okay? So here's my analog output, which is the quarter-inch stuff, or not quarter, uh, eighth-inch. And then uh, I've switched that to HDMI, digital output. Ah, so it's not an input issue with your TV or your digital box. It's uh, well, quite, possi quite possibly the output is not being sent out from the computer. That so. makes a lot of sense. I, I get the impression though that, uh, that the Rev actually did this. So I think I think you got this far, if I'm not mistaken, from what Eric just read. So output via HDMI. This is on Ubuntu Linux. I'm using Zorin OS. And uh, that's based on Ubuntu, so you're going to have exactly the same setup on your Ubuntu system or anything that's derived from Ubuntu. So now the next step. Okay, so I've set that to HDMI output. Next step, here's perhaps what could be overlooked. ALSA mixer. Because what happens is <clears throat> you'll notice that there is no mixer here for your HDMI output. So how do you know whether the volume's on or if it's muted? There, there isn't any in Ubuntu. There's a volume up and down, and there's no, there's no real mixer. So instead, we can go in here with ALSA mixer in the, in the terminal. Just use your arrow keys and go right. And keep going. there we go, SPDIF. So SPDIF being a digital output is most likely going to be my HDMI. That looks like the only digital output, so that would be the one. So if it's muted, you'll see that it's got M's there. Mm -hmm. So you can press M, and it will bring it to whatever volume level it is. Volume up and down is just using your arrow keys. And so now I've got my output set to HDMI output. I've used ALSA Mixer to unmute, if it was muted, my SPDIF, and I've turned the volume up to... Full, full volume. That looks good. Now, wouldn't the <clears throat> vernacular on that be spitif? Yeah, that would yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, in communications. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to fix it for you or not, but it, it theoretically, by setting your output to HDMI, setting your volume output up, also you could try, I know this is crazy, but Sometimes on certain systems, systems like HDMI will can, will detect which devices are connected on boot. Now, does HDMI do that? I'm not so sure. Sometimes your TV might. But you could try rebooting with the HDMI cable plugged in, just as a theory, you know, just as kind of one thing that I would rule out, just to see if perhaps it detects something is connected. If, you know, like your headphone jack, if it's not connected, if there's nothing in it, it will use your speakers kind of thing. <clears throat> Good luck. I hope that helps in some some way. All right. Here's, here's one from Ron Smith. 
just uh, before we move on and run, just before we hit your question, just want to take a look at the chat room just because people are chatting about the HDMI issue here. <clears throat> Scorpio 55, I wonder if is what you're saying that it could be the cable? That's what... Um, Mentioning that uh, certain... Rev Jink was saying that... Well, they, the when he's said, talking about oh, an RCA cable, he's oh, talking yes, about one of those splitters, totally. like a headphone to, like going out of the headphone yeah, right. jack and using a supplementary audio. I think what Scorpio55 is saying in the chat room is that if you have a pre-1.3 compatible HDMI cable, that perhaps there is no okay. audio being sent out through that cable, even though your computer device is capable of that. Um, so check that you have a, a current cable. Now, I've bought cables before, too. And, and here at the studio, of course, we've got cameras all over. And, you know, this is HDMI. And so we, we need long HDMI cables. And so I've even experienced it where at certain lengths you lose signal. And because HDMI is digital, you get a long cable. And if it's going to lose signal, it doesn't fade like an analog cable. No, it doesn't. It just cuts off. So yeah. if your audio end of the cable is too long or something up with that cable or something wrong with yeah. it, it won't crackle like analog audio. It won't be quiet like analog audio. It will just be off. Yeah. So It works or it doesn't? It either works or it doesn't. I learned that with uh, KVM extenders. And oh, yes. The, the CRTs, it seemed, yeah. you know, you could sort of push it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But with the digital uh, screens... You got to a certain distance, and it just... Exactly. Nothing. Guest 6392 reiterating in the chat room that cheap HDMI cables can be problematic. Uh. And I think that can be it can boil down to as simple as the cable itself. Agamotto recommending yeah. only 10 feet as your maximum limit yeah. for your cable, or, 3 meters. Or for most of the world, 3 meters is probably That's, close. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just saying. Cool. Thanks, everybody, in the chat room for your feedback. Hopefully that gives you uh, a few things, Rev D. Jenkins, uh, to uh, to be able to go through. Rev D. Jenkins, where did you get that? I just uh, I pulled it off your screen. There you go. Scroll up. Rev D. Jenk. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got that. But where did you get the Jenkins? Oh, well, I know the guy. He's in the chat room. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought maybe this was a it's Scandinavian like, name and the the D and the J. If, and if the, A. Jameson in the chat room says, hey, and I say, hey, Andy, then... Uh, man, I am working that's gonna a disadvantage That's going to throw you right here. off. It's going to throw you right off. I'm going back to my question from Ron <laughs> Smith. Wow. You're really making me read, Ron. What's going on? Question. I purchased... Uh, MSI GT683DX-840US 15.6 laptop. And I'm not reading that URL. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's bought a new laptop. Cool. And so the specs are... All right, well, let's, uh, what's the question? We don't need yeah, to know about okay. the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Well, but, well, but it's we helpful. We can go through it, though, if you want. It's helpful for us to have it. I'm not saying that it's, a, that it's a wrong to send it to us, Ron. That's great. But I'm just saying to Eric that he doesn't have to read that it's 802.11b slash G slash Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Intel, Wi-Fi. <laughs> we don't need all that just now. But what about the Super Multi DVD we'll refer, burner? We'll refer back to it if we need it. How's that? <laughs> Is one version of Linux more laptop friendly than another? Laptop Linux. No, I'm just kidding. I have used Linux Mint and Ubuntu with the install and Windows option on a laptop. 
I will be using the laptop as a dual boot until <clears throat> I can figure out how to connect to right. my company VPN, yeah. which is a Cisco PIX 515E using Linux. Any pointers on setting up Linux IPSEC? IPSEC, perhaps? Oh, VPN? Sure. Clients to a Cisco PIX firewall? Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's backtrack to the Linux question. Best Linux ever for your laptop. I can't possibly give you a suggestion because what is Linux? It's there's so many different flavors. Yeah. It's like walking into an ice cream shop. There's and saying, even a mint flavor. What? Yeah. <laughs> what is the best flavor of ice cream that you have? And they'll, if they're honest, they'll look at you and they'll say, "Well, I really like this one, but to be honest, everybody's preference is different." And that's but, exactly. But ask Robbie about music, and he'll give you a really strong opinion and tell you somebody else is absolutely. Did crap. I mention that? Uh, did I mention that Becca bought me? A Blake Shelton CD for my birthday. <laughs> you did not mention that. I, we haven't had the chance to discuss, but uh, been thoroughly enjoying it. So, well, so you're going to have to take that back pretty soon. Anyway. Now, which girl is prettiest? What are you talking about? I just thought I'd ask you another question that was sort of in the same category. Good guy wanted to know. Oh. <laughs> is this along the lines of the ice cream? Exactly. Okay. I got you. Stay with the program. What is the best kind of Linux for your laptop? So it boils down to you, your needs, your Linux knowledge level. Do you want to go through the process of installing it and going, you know, like, where are you at? So if you are a Windows user who's experimenting with dual booting, then I would say Ubuntu's Wubi, W-U-B-I, makes things easy. Now, everybody in the chat room is probably going to go, no, don't recommend Wubi. It's easy for that case because you can install it just like a Windows program into Windows, and it gives you a, a Linux experience to be able to experiment. Not a true full-blown Linux because it is running on, on the Windows file system, but it is going to allow you to experience what Linux is like on, on that laptop. Now, what is the best Linux? It really boils down to what's compatible with your hardware. Um, these days, it's becoming less and less likely that you're going to have incompatibility. Pardon me, Linux is uh, is very, very good on uh, on most systems these days. So I would try um, Zorin OS if you don't mind spending a couple bucks. Um, there is a free version as well, but the ultimate version is quite good. Uh, I really like it. Uh, have you tried Zorin? You, I have not. No? Okay. So we are running Zorin OS here on, on the broadcast system, and it really, I mean, it is Ubuntu, but it's 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 just slightly refined, I think. Unlike me. Unlike, totally unlike <laughs> you. So I, I've really enjoyed the experience of working with Zorin because it takes me back to my kind of favorite days of Ubuntu when Ubuntu was very, you know, the barrel project and, the, and there, there was, it was so customizable. These days Ubuntu is not quite as customizable as, as it was in the good old days. Zorin OS kind of takes it back to that and uh, works very, very well. Uh, and it's it's got good compatibility. So What about for noobs? Well, I think all around, Zorin is, is going to be a, a good distro for you. It's easy to install and it works really well. And we're not endorsed or sponsored by Zorin or anything like that. But Maybe we should be. Maybe we should be. <laughs> you know, that I wouldn't hey, be opposed to, uh, to finding a Linux distro that would support the show. But... Fact is, like I run it here. I don't run it on my work computer. I run Debian on my work computer because I am a bit more of a power user at work than I am here. Here, I'm I'm kind of you know I want to stick to uh, Ubuntu branches 
Zorn is so close to Ubuntu that when somebody asks a question about Ubuntu, I can show you on Zorn, and it and it works. So, uh, but the operating system itself is is so sleek. It's, it works really really well. Check out their website. Uh, it's zorin-os.com. You can go through, you know, even the screenshots. You can see what it looks like. But one of the things that makes this really, really good, of course, you're asking about your laptop, and compatibility is the main thing, and it works really well with your Wi-Fi and all that stuff. It's probably going to work just fine. But the other thing is that it has comp- uh, layers that allow you to make it look like Mac OS or make it look like Windows. That See, that has a bit of a Windows 7 look to it on that screenshot make it look like uh windows xp even if you're just because if you're used to it if mom or dad are used to working on windows xp why not give them a linux distro that feels a little bit like windows xp it's not it's not mimicking the it's not trying to be windows xp it just gives you a comfortable environment to work in so you notice on my zorin os which is running here i've got it looking like the old style gnome just because that's how i prefer to operate takes me back to old school linux cool so but there are lots of good ones out there people in the chat room mentioning uh all the different ones that they would recommend cool so thank you very much for the question did i cover what was the other question oh vpn do we have time let's let's give it a go you've got a it was a cisco vpn all right that's right. Here you go. Way to squeeze in another question he there. wants to sneaky, do some sneaky. work. Okay, so click on your connection icons up here, VPN connections, configure VPN. Go add, and you'll see that out of the box you've got point-to-point tunneling protocol. So that's not going to work for your Cisco VPN, right? So no good. So close that, close that. Bring up Synaptic Package Manager. What we're going to do is we're going to install the modules for your Cisco device. Okay. So in here, what, what we're going to want to do is we're going to go network manager with a dash. Uh, and VPNC is probably the one that we're looking for. So we can just highlight that. Network manager attempts to keep an active blah, blah, blah. This is the package for VPNC providing easy access Cisco concentrator-based VPNs. So I'm going to click on that one and mark for installation. Go with that. Open Connect is another one. Did you click on the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Open Connect uh, is also uh, like it's for your your Cisco router. So uh, I would maybe recommend adding that as well. I mean, it's not going to hurt to have more than one. And it, when I add it, it's going to automatically add the GNOME package and Open Connect and everything. I'm going to apply that, and we're good to go. There we go. It'll be a fast installation because it's just a couple of modules for okay. Network Manager. So. There it goes, getting it off the online repositories. And as soon as we're done this, we're going to jump into the news, Eric. Can we ask another question while we're waiting for that? It's a really yeah. short one. Uh, let's. Well, here, I'm done. It's really short. Okay. I'm serious. Yeah, it's really literally. Short. It's I'm, a short question. It doesn't even... It's, it's, here we go. Look, it's done. So boss. Now watch. VPN connections, configure VPN, add. What do you notice is I've got Cisco-compatible VPN. Cisco AnyConnect. Now, the what was the model of the router? I'm not sure. So you've got the two options anyways. PIX515E, which is an any... No, that's an easy connect, isn't it? So one of these should work for you anyways, and at least that gets you going as far as getting connected to your VPN. So, Thanks, Eric. 
You ready to hit the news real quick? And I'm. I still want to ask this one real question because I'm it? curious. Okay. This uh, person here, uh, this is eight miles from TJ from San Diego, hey, California. Asks, My favorite Ubuntu release is ten point zero four. Are the repositories still available? Yeah. Yes. Good. We'll move on now. Okay. Ten point zero four was an LTS, LTS long term support. <clears throat> So that means it's good for three years, which means it's going to be good. 10.04 means it was brought out in April of 2010. So oh. three years later means it's good until April 2013. So until April of next year, you'll still be able to get updates, security patches, repository stuff, and all that. Now, the server edition is five years, so it's good until uh, 2015. Sweet deal. There you go. All, All right. right. That's how the LTS works. And that's why it's, it's quite often good to go with an LTS if you don't want to have to update every six months. All right, Eric, take it away. Here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. Microsoft has confirmed its Windows 8 operating system, OS, will launch in October. The announcement was made at the company's Worldwide Partner Conference by Windows CFO Tammy Reller. For those looking to buy a PC or laptop running Windows 7, you'll be able to upgrade to Windows 8 Pro for just $15. Wow. The crowdsourced funding website Kickstarter is to launch in the UK this autumn, according to its Twitter feed. The funding platform for new businesses has so far been limited to US registered projects. The tweet reads, people in the UK will be able to launch projects on Kickstarter starting this autumn. More info soon. Since Kickstarter's 2009 launch, it was funded. Uh, it has funded more than 20,000 projects, with several eclipsing the one million dollar pledge mark. I want them to come to Canada. Like, what's this about? Yeah. <clears throat> Scientists at Carnegie Mellon University have developed a smart headlight that can shine around rain. The idea is that the headlight will be able to predict when rain falls and adjust light beams accordingly. The smart headlight consists of a projector camera and a beam splitter. The camera takes images of the raindrops. The processor uses predictive, a predictive algorithm to work out where rain will fall. And then the projector mm. switches off light rays that would have normally hit the raindrops. Wow, that's got to take some fast processing. Wow. The process really? from capture to reaction takes about 13 milliseconds. Oh, so, yes, Robbie, that is some pretty that's hilarious. fast processing. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. pretty fast, yes. The result is a slightly dimmer headlight, but one that blocks out glare from falling rain and snow. I've driven in snowstorms where wow. it's almost impossible to drive because the... The light is hitting every little snowflake, and you have like yeah, yeah. no sense of so speed. So you've driven or... in Muskoka, <laughs> indeed, in the middle of July. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. that yeah. sounds kind of stereotypical non-Canadian talk. Look, I grew up there. All right, so I'm allowed, <coughs> I'm allowed to be a little angry. Mind you, I've been in Timmins in August and had snow. Yeah. Last week we took a look <laughs> at a brain scanner that allowed people to type using thought. Now we found that robot avatars have got a step closer to being a reality, opening new doors for those who are paralyzed or have locked in syndrome. Wow. Scientists have made a robot move on a human's behalf by monitoring thoughts about movement. The man-machine Link joined a man with a brain scanner in Israel and a robot wandering a laboratory or laboratory in France. The person controlling really? the robot could also see through the eyes of his electronic surrogate. 
The researchers are now working on ways to make the man-machine link more sensitive to let people speak via the robot. Really? Wow. That is... Well, you know what I'm thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. Do you know what it I'm thinking? It didn't work. Oh, okay. I need the brain scanner. I am thinking. No, um, we'll, we'll carry on. That there's is probably the gonna ultimate. Be a, there's going to be a military application. Well, I'm thinking long. that, too. Yeah. That was my initial thought. But then I was thinking, you know, beer me. You literally, <laughs> beer me. <laughs> you literally just have to think it. Just think it. You know, as long as you're wearing the special oh, helmet. No. <laughs> oh, you Fantastic. can get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. And the category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Eric Kidd. Hey, thanks, Eric. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by GardengateFarms.com. Certified organic broccoli sprout and wheatgrass juice available on their site, GardengateFarms.com. And the official electrical company of Category 5 Technology TV is Cordery Electrical Contracting, Inc. You can find them at CorderyElectric.com. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Eric Kidd, or co-host. Our website is category5.tv. We were talking earlier about uh, you sending in your postcards. We'd love to receive your postcards. Please send them. Eric, how can they send those in? Well, they can send them to Category 5 Technology TV, Post Office Box 29009, Barrie, Ontario, Canada, L4N, as in November, 7W, as in, as I pointed out last week, whiskey, 7. <laughs> so L4N7W7. So keep those cards and letters coming in. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> I've got the coolest thing here. Is that I, the I, coolest thing? Well, it's the coolest thing for somebody who's into nostalgia. I mean, I walk into a store and I see the first Mario Brothers 8-bit for Nintendo NES, and I think that's the coolest thing. Oh, I'm a little okay. bit into the nostalgia. I'm a little bit into retro. And so when I see retro stuff, I think that is the coolest thing. Well, that's yeah, I'm I'm okay. My Somebody, my mom's an antique dealer, you know. So okay, well, so she'll, she'll appreciate around a lot what of we're retro. about to do. She'll appreciate what we're about to do. Somebody uh, who had seen uh, myself and Hillary talking about the Magic Jack said, "Wouldn't it be neat if you had some way to dial your iPhone?" And they're just using the iPhone <laughs> as the example. With, in if a retro, you handed a telephone with a dial to a 14-year-old, they wouldn't have a clue what to they do. Wouldn't They'd know what be to pushing do. in the holes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Come on. So here... <laughs> check this out. Oh, I didn't dial... Remember those days? Where you had to... Okay, got to get all the way to the thing. Right? There we go. Okay. So this is a part of something called iRetroPhone. Okay. And iRetroPhone is actually a, a device. It's an attachment for iPhone, Android, and your BlackBerry, as a matter of fact. We're going to test it. Yeah, we're going to test it on your BlackBerry. Cool. Since, you know, probably the, the service is going to disconnect at any time. We, we need to do this while it's still possible. <laughs> okay. But it, it will work on any device that has the support of, like, a, a two-and-a-half millimeter um, jack or three-and-a-half millimeter. Three-and-a-half millimeter. That's what oh. it was. Three and a half millimeter. Is that jack. like a quarter inch uh, stereo? Eighth, eighth inch kind of deal. This eighth guy. Inch. 
Eighth inch. Okay. Sorry, I meant that. There it is. That's the one, right? So if you've got that on your phone... Let's see if that fits. It's got the three rings because it's got basically the microphone and the headphone. So now, one of the things, when, when I got the, the Magic Jack, I immediately installed the Magic Jack app because isn't it cool that I can actually get my Magic Jack calls, which is my home phone number or the studio line, on my iPod Touch over Wi-Fi. I don't have to have a data plan. You can get it on an iPhone or wherever. Um, unfortunately... So you're saying iPhone and you're calling this wherever. Whatever. Okay. That one you got to pay for. Magic Jack is is available on the iPhone. And, and you can get it at cat5.tv slash magic app. Okay? M-A-G-I-C-A-P-P. I'd like to see them bring out an Android version as well. That would be cool. That would be very, very cool. For iOS users, though, on iPhones, iPod Touches, mine's just an iPod Touch, so I've got Wi-Fi. I can make calls with this. So it because I have a Magic Jack, it actually lets me use my Magic Jack phone number. So if I call people, it's actually calling from my Magic Jack. If people call my home phone, it rings on my iPod Touch. Okay. What, no matter where what I am. retro sound did you pick, Rob? Well, no, I did. Well, here's the thing: is that okay? I thought that was super cool. Retro, right? But you know, free phone calls from my iPod Touch over Wi-Fi yeah. from no matter where I am, as long as I've got a Wi-Fi connection. But try to figure out a way to speak on an iPod Touch, right? So I ended up. I started going like this, and I'm talking on the phone like this, and I can barely hear them because the speaker in an iPod Touch is extremely quiet just didn't work. Then along comes iRetroPhone, cat5.tv slash retro, okay? And this device is, it's, it's seemingly it simple. more than one color. It comes in many different colors to suit your color desires. Hillary picked this one. Yeah. It, it's very much like an old retro phone. Like, it feels like, here, yes. hold that up to your ear. It seriously feels like a real retro phone. Oh, there's buttons on it. There's what buttons. do we do with those? Volume control. Oh, uh, very hang nice. up right on there. Yeah. So it takes it into the next level, right? You didn't have buttons. I want to I want to I want somewhere to yeah, hang, hang it up. Okay. You don't Hello. Need, yeah. It feels just like a It feels a lot like a phone. So I'm going to take that. Okay. And we'll just pop that right into the headphone jack of my iPod Touch. And now, let's call Agamotto. Anybody. <laughs> I could, you know, I'll call the studio line. Yeah, but nobody ever answers that when I call. No? No. <laughs> Unless I'm like eight seconds to showtime and they're wondering where I am. All right. There we go. Okay, so I've dialed my magic jack. Now Eric's actually got this thing up to his ear. So I can walk around with this in my pocket. It could be an iPhone, remember? Oh, I have a couple of new messages. But you can, Oh, okay, because it's my phone yeah. number. But so... It works pretty good. Yeah. So now, with my iPod Touch, I've got free calling anywhere in wow. Canada, the U.S. So here, I'll, I'll give this to you. Let you plug that into your BlackBerry because we're interested to know if it actually is. So, you know, with this, this is much easier to hold with your shoulder than uh, oh, yeah. than an iPhone or, true, a, or a BlackBerry. Oh, this is a little... There's so, a bit of a... Okay, well, let's see if it see works. If you get like I'm a, not hearing much. Do I have Robbie's number in here? I don't have your... Uh, 705. Oh, let's... Or, uh, no, 2545. Oh, this is going to cost me a long distance call. Here, let me call oh, you. Here, punch it in. Okay. <laughs> because I have free outgoing calls. 
from my phone. Oh, do I need to add the one here? Nope. It's not long distance for Magic Jack users. And then call. Yep. Great. I'm not sure this actually got in far enough. Yeah, this well, that's... a little bit of a... I think it might work. Do you hear? I'm not hearing much of anything. Okay. So can you hear me on the Hello? Hands? Hello. No, I'm not hearing you on here. I can hear you just fine. But the call, no, actually, there's a little, oh, there, there I'm getting something. <laughs> no, I'm just hearing myself. <laughs> Is it, it's not working on the BlackBerry? Oh, I, I am hearing you now. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Hi, I'm talking okay, well, to Robbie here. Ferguson on the, on the show here. He's confused because I'm sitting right next to him. There is a little bit of a, uh, a latency thing going well, on. Well, I'm on my iPod on the same network we're broadcasting <laughs> from, Eric. So well, it's it, a lot of fun. And, you know, like, if the viewers get bored, they can talk amongst themselves just like we're doing. They sure can. <laughs> I'm going to hang so, up. Well, Bye, here, so now you've got the chance to throw your phone, uh, like your actual BlackBerry in your pocket or a, a carrying case or whatever and <laughs> walk around I'm with a retro phone yeah. on your ear. You might not actually walk around with it on your ear, but Actually, no, that would be great. House. You know, I, I can... You know, stick that in my pocket. <laughs> in Listen the car. <laughs> Cooking, driving. It's hands-free. Honest officer, it's hands-free. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I still have another but, hand for the beer and the... No, sorry. <laughs> Making it, the phone up. I got to admit, though, it does work really, really well. For me, I love the nostalgic feel of it. Sadly, I just phoned my son when I tried to hang out. There you go. He's going to call him back and say, what? What this do you want? This accessory, the iRetroPhone, uh, which you can get at cat5.tv slash retro it's only twenty nine ninety nine. so wow and it works great it works with uh, all the devices that uh, that have that kind of interface so you can't go wrong <laughs> I mean, fantastic I love it yeah I think it's cool it is as uh, Agamotto says it is a step up from the shoe phone yeah you remember Get Smart that was a Those now were, that was a show that was a show oh my goodness <laughs> Yeah, I'm going back to the chat room. <laughs> so, keep in mind we're giving away a Magic Jack, the the plug device, the Magic Jack Plus, next week. So the 17th Tuesday night. Make sure you tuned in. Make sure you call me up two five four five cat five TV this week. Tell me why you think that uh, you would love to have a Magic Jack Plus. That is the device that lets me do what you saw me doing from an iPod Touch. Let's say you so add that's that. That's not even a phone. This is not even a phone. That's not even a phone. This is over Wi-Fi. So now you can you can install the app if you've got an iPhone or whatever um, without having a Magic Jack, but then you don't get your own phone number. No, you, did you, you don't. Did you say there is there an Android? There is. Version an, of, I really yet. wish there was. I'd I'd love to see that. Okay. I'm sure it's coming, but the the dis well the advantage to having a Magic Jack Plus and then installing the app is that I get the same phone number on my. Okay. on my device as I have on my home phone. If you just get the app, you get some random number. It could be somewhere halfway around the, you know, it could be in the States from here uh. in Canada. So when you get the device, you actually choose, okay, I live in Barrie, Ontario, so I chose a Barrie, Ontario phone number. So now this is also associated with that same number. All of my devices are. So you could give your kids, you know, on their iPod <laughs> access to Magic Jack and they could be answering the home phone on the uh, wow. on the magic jack through their app but we're we're not quite at the point where i can have my number my home number ported over to the magic jack no unfortunately not no. not here in canada in okay. the states yes uh, here in canada it's they say it's here it's not really 
Um, none of the voice over IP style services are able to do that okay. just yet. Yeah, that's an unfortunate thing. But but then again, the cost savings at $2.50 a month when it breaks down with unlimited free long distance. I think I, I didn't mind changing my phone number, I'll tell you that. Yeah. He never answered his phone anyway, at least when I called. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in move mode. I've been packing up, and and yeah. to be honest, my phone was unplugged for a couple of days there because <laughs> <laughs> we were totally ripping apart the place. We've got to we have to move a studio while we broadcast. So we have a broadcast on Tuesday. You you can tell there's going to be a show. There might be hiccups. There's there will be, be a show. show. There will be a we're show. We're going to do a, a road show. We're going to be in a U-Haul. It's going to be <laughs> tough. It's going to be tough. The transition means doing a show on the Tuesday moving all the equipment on the Saturday, building wow. a new studio before Tuesday and being live on the air that following Tuesday. So literally we have like three or four days to build a studio, which is going to be exciting. Wow. exciting. So what, what is the movement? Uh, we are going to be in our new studio on the 21st of August, I believe is the date. Wow. It's on the calendar. Um, let's see here. I'll double check though. Yes, Tuesday the 21st of August, we will be in our new studio, in our interim studio, because it's a two-step process. Oh, goody. Yeah. So join us for all the excitement. Uh, As I said, we do appreciate your donations, which are all, unless you designate them otherwise, if you want them to go to Eric Kidd, for example, for supporting his musical career, that's cool. Oh, that's right. We have a couple of tunes available there. We sure do. Yeah, we'll send you his music. Uh, We should do some more music. We should. I enjoy that. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, any uh, donations that are designated wherever it's needed are going to go directly toward um, the mobile studio, which we're trying to put together, as well as our month-to-month billing, uh, you know, the bills that we have to pay to keep the show on the air. So thank you, everybody, for your support. Thanks for watching tonight. Eric, good to see you. Hey, at this age, it's good to be seen. It's always good. Yacht was pointing out that Eric is so old that walking around with a phone on his shoulder is a normal pose for him. Young folks don't actually understand that pose. What is that thing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. It's a bit harsh, but accurate. Yeah. All right, gang, take care. Have a great week. I'll see you next Tuesday. We're going to be joined by Hillary Rumble, and we're going to be celebrating both of our birthdays. Let the rumble begin. Oh, sorry. Yeah, get ready to rumble. And then I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'll be... On the uh, 31st, Eric's back on the air. You're not expecting me to talk that night Mm because we're at a cottage and you did promise beer. Uh, Sorry about that. Okay. Take care, everybody. See ya. See ya.